0: Yeah. <laughs> so fun, so fun. So we're thinking about these songs that shape our summer, that shape our time together. Songs have this power, right, to change the atmosphere, to make a boring long car drive turn into something somewhat bearable, somewhat interesting. And the Psalms uh, are some songs in the Bible, God songs. These 150 Psalms, right in the middle of the Bible. And they're God's songs to us, and they're songs that shape us, that change us, that change the way we see ourselves, the way we see God, the way we see the world, changes everything. And so it's been neat kind of going through these psalms. We have a handout. If you didn't get one of these, you can get it on your way out. This is 75 of the psalms with little boxes that you can circle as you read them. We're trying to read all the psalms this summer, or at least 75 of them. That would be really cool. These are some highlights And there's some questions to just kind of ponder with God after you read the psalm below on this card. So take one of these and and, um, follow along with us. It'll be so cool. You know, today I'm excited because we're looking at a psalm that has got to be one of the top hits. This is David's, like, top 25 for sure. This is, like, one of his big, big hits. And it is a Psalm 40. Now, Psalm 40 is this psalm about rescue, and I got to say, I haven't been a part of, like, too many, like, dramatic rescues in my life, in, in real life, except for this one time years ago, I got to be a part of a search party. I was helping at a church back in Southern California that um, we were making an effort to be on the pres- be on the campuses of the high schools helping at-risk teenagers, and so I was helping lead some at-risk mentoring groups, Well, some of those folks, a couple of teens that we were helping had decided to go on a hike in the mountains, the San Gabriel Mountains or something in, like, you know, uh, the winter. I don't know, with their jogging shorts on and, like, one water bottle, and they got totally lost, and it had been so long now that the authorities, search and rescue teams were looking for them. And we got the word, you know, that, hey, we need every hand on deck to see if we can find this, this lost couple. And so I remember driving up there with Heidi, the rows of cars, hundreds of people, family, friends, folks like us that just were connected through the community and, and they gave us instructions and they said, okay, fan out through the forest and just yell their names, you know? And so we, we did, we're like 10 feet, 15 feet apart. They're like, look for clues, look for you know, p- paths or strewn trash or anything that would signal like human life and, and their, their journey. And so we walked and shouted their names, and many hours, it started to get dark. As night fell, the authorities were like, hey, you guys, amateur searchers, you all go home. You're going to get hurt. We'll let the experts take it over. So search and rescue and law enforcement, the parks and rec, and the National Park Service people, they began their overnight rescues. I mean, the family was feeling uh, just more and more despairing as the hours went by that maybe they're not going to be found at this point. And, and, and the phones are dead. Um, there's just no way to track this couple. And just people are beginning to grieve their loss. And it really wasn't, thankfully, not too long after that that I think it was through that night. Somehow someone helicopter-wise or these folks climbing up the mountain finally saw them. They were up on this little, little rocky ledge on this hillside. No way to go up no way to go down just stuck on this little ledge and they just had their you know their little shorts on their little empty water bottle they're just like freezing you know all night long on this ledge and thankfully they had this rescue apparatus they were able to bring them down and and rescue them and um what a story to tell that the these these two folks have that tell this what what happened how did they get to this spot You know, we found out later, of course, just being teenagers, they didn't plan well, they didn't have good maps, you know, there was even some rumors that maybe drugs were involved too, It just got them off track, they were just lost in the wilderness, and kind of their own doing a little bit, you know, and us as rescuers, part of the rescue party, we could, could have felt a little bit like, man, you know what are you guys thinking, you know, like this took all of us, but we didn't care because these are human beings, right, and we're after their rescue, and we care everything about them being safe, and and we're all after it. Now, all of us, we could kind of throw stones and say, well, they, they messed up, but don't sometimes we find ourselves in situations kind of like that, maybe not quite as dramatic, but We're in a spot that we maybe got there a little bit on our own and our own choices. Maybe poor decisions have led us to a place where we're kind of trapped. You know, we're we're kind of maybe backed into a corner. There's no way to go up. There's no way to go down. We're just kind of like, what do I do? Like, how did I get here? And how do I get out of here? Well, David, in the Psalms, he was in this exact same spot, feeling this exact same way. And he had this, this prayer. He had a story to tell. And the story is about God meeting him right in this place, and actually God bringing the rescue that his soul was longing for all along. So it's in Psalm 40. in, in the first few verses, David describes how he felt. In verse one, he said, "I waited patiently for the Lord, and he helped me to help me." And he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he's done and be amazed. They'll put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Oh, Lord, my God, you've performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal if I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. He's just, he's just happy. He, he got rescued out of a slimy pit. He got pulled out of this pit. It's interesting, the slimy pit. Can you imagine, like, picture it, this poetic picture of what it's like to be sort of, like, trapped, you know? You can kind of see the top, and, and this happens in our lives, right? We know what the good is. We kind of know what, what we want. We can envision what would be better But we try and get out of the pit and it's like slimy, you know? It's like muddy. It's like our feet are stuck and every handhold just slips out from under us. We're just sort of clawing, trying to get out of this pit and we can't. And here's this picture of God meeting him right there in that spot, pulling him out, this, this external force, this outside effort beyond himself, pulling him out of this place. Just like those two teenagers up on that little cliff, they couldn't rescue themselves. Like they they couldn't pull out some inner strength out of wherever and get themselves out of that situation. It had to require an outside effort, an outside force to meet them where they are. And this is this moment. And not only does, does God meet David in this way, but he restores him. Like he puts him back on his feet. And I think that's what David's so thankful for in these moments, that he says, God, you put put me back on my feet, right? You helped me. You've given me a new song to sing. That's what he says. You've given me a story to tell. And it's it's a story about restoration, how God restores us from the deepest places, from the most crazy situations that maybe we got in there on our own, and yet his grace restores us, able to pull us out and restore us And this this restoration is not just sort of like physical or temporal here, but it's a restoration that makes us right with God. It's a restoration that's forever, for eternity. This ability to be right with God, here's how David says it in verse 6. He goes on, he's like, God, he says, you take no delight in sacrifices or offerings Now that you've made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. And then I said, look, I've come. As it's written about me in the scriptures, I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. I've told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out. As you, O Lord, well know, I've not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I've talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I've told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. David says, God, you don't require these, these offerings, these like um, these, these sacrifices. Instead, God, you're gonna write your instructions right on my heart. It's gonna be this relationship of grace. And then when David says, I haven't kept the good news about your grace quiet. Isn't it a cool picture thousands of years before Jesus, this cool picture of the ultimate saving grace of God, that God will send Jesus as this rescuer to make us right with Him. And, and it won't be about like all the stuff that we could have done or been good enough or any of like the hoops that we could jump through to be good with God? No, this would happen because of this outside gift, this outside, rescue of being made right with god by jesus jesus will step into the life that we couldn't live with all of our efforts good enough and jesus will live it perfectly and then jesus will pay the ultimate price it it says for us in some beautiful ways in in first john one nine there's this there's this great verse it says if we confess our sins And these sins, this means like our rebellion against God, our disregard for God, our desire to do our own thing and not have it to do anything with God. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So he's the one who does it. He's the one who makes us right. And there's this other just cool verse in Hebrews 10 just describes this truth in a neat way. It says, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. So here's how we're made right, or made holy, or made like in good standing with God. It's through Jesus Christ. That Jesus would come, and that Jesus would live the perfect life in our place, and that he would die on a cross, the, the death, the, a death that we deserved, our disdain disregard for God and distance from God Jesus would would step right into that right in our place and that and then then he would rise again on the third day and give us this invitation to life with God a life that beats death that covers all of the mistakes or or problems or, or uh, the, the brokenness in our life that would separate us from God before you know you you may have thought that maybe your life is unrestorable that there's been past baggage or hurts or maybe decisions you've made that have got you into this pit or up onto this cliff and you're backed into a corner and you're thinking I'm beyond restoration like I'm this is so much brokenness here how could God fix this but God thinks different about you God sees what he can do in you and you may have thought well maybe if I just do enough religious work rituals or if I look the right way or act the right way or you know jump through the right hoops that this could make me right with God but Jesus has come to make you right instead. Jesus has come, this grace of God, this good news. And you have a story to tell. Those of us who've like said, okay, I'm ready for this good news, God. I'm ready for your grace and mercy. And we get that. We get that, that, that restoration and that rightness with God. Man, we have a story to tell. Just like David says, I didn't hold back. I told everyone of your good news. And we have an opportunity to do that, to sing a new song, to share a new story. You know, this, um, this restoration, this being right with God, this truly is the rescue, the rescue that we've all been longing for, that, that we've been searching for. And this rescue uh, is, a, is something that God offers us. And, and David gives us some examples of how to ask God for it, you know, just to pray for this rescue. And that's, that's where David goes in this, in this next section of the psalm in verse 11. Here's his prayer. He says, Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles surround me. Too many to count. My sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. I've lost all courage. Please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. May those who try to destroy me be humiliated and put to shame. And may those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace. Let them be horrified by their shame, for they said, aha, we've got him now. Right? Here's this rescue. David just calls it out, this prayer. The invitation is for all of us here that God says, hey, bring me your, your request. Bring me this prayer. And God wants to answer that prayer. He wants to rescue us. He wants to protect us. This, this this, kind of picture of our enemies, the troubles surrounding us. Maybe you felt that way. Your troubles surrounding you. Too many to count. You know, the, the enemies that take delight in your downfall. I was thinking about this, these, these enemies. Some of us, maybe we've just been fortunate enough and we don't actually have physical people in our life actively trying to harm us, you know, and that's Awesome. If that's true, thank the Lord. You know, that's, that's great. Some of us are experiencing challenges like that. But it, whether it's a personal or physical enemy or not, I've found that some of my biggest enemies, they come from inside. They're like these doubts, right? The anxiety that comes up, fears that seem to cripple and hold me back. These are the enemies that delight in my downfall. These are the enemies that are like, aha, we've got him now. He's going to quit. You know he's gonna give up. He's gonna get angry. He's gonna whatever. He's gonna lash out. You know, and they're like, aha! And 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 and, the, and evil wants to win. Uh, and I'm so grateful we're singing these songs about the battle. You know, the battle belongs to God. And when we we fight our battles with God, then then we. Then we win. We, we get this God that is for us and that nothing can be against us. Uh, we can say, God, would you rescue me? You know, I was thinking about uh, this, this enemies, and I, and I asked my 20 year old daughter, what's a, what's a modern word for enemies? Because we don't use that word a lot. We don't say, you know, enemies, you know. Um, she's like, just without a bat, she's like, Dad, it's haters. Yeah, it's haters, you know? And haters are gonna hate. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yep, yep, that's it, that's it. So, I mean, you could have haters right now in your life. Haters are gonna hate. Uh, but here's this God who wants to protect you, who wants to rescue you. I just picture these like this powerful embrace of, of arms that, that wrap around you, that protect you um, from, from those trying to bring you down. You know, maybe in your life you felt that you were out of reach of being helped. or or that there wasn't anyone that could actually rescue you in real life, or would even want to if they could. But God loves you. God's love is bigger than all the haters in the world, and God's love is here to rescue you, to hold you, and to make you uh, right within, to meet your deepest needs, to restore you um, all the way. You know, real rescue, though, real rescue happens when we stop trying to save ourselves right um those two teenagers on the cliff i mean they thankfully in the mercy of god i mean they didn't have another way they didn't have a way to try to save themselves they were just done and end of the line nowhere to go and they just sort of were there And, and and yet i hear these stories about people in like drowning situations, right? This is a whole different situation where, where a person who's beginning to drown, they're, they're, in, they're like this manic kind of like, um, they're in shock and they're paddling so hard with their arms trying to survive. And oftentimes those who try and rescue someone drowning, they'll get pulled down as well in the water by the drowning person. And oftentimes they'll both drown. And so expert lifeguards know this is, sounds so tragic. But they know how to recognize when the drowning person begins to give up. You know, because they, they, don't, they can't go in because the arms are thrashing and the person's not thinking clearly. And so they wait. They just, I can't imagine what this would be like, but to wait for the person to just kind of give up. You know, just, I, I can't fight anymore. I'm beginning to black out. I'm beginning to, like, take in water. This is it. And they, they drop their arms and then boom, you know, the lifeguard is in, pulls them out, and they're able to rescue them. You know, they're able to get in there and and, and, and do the work, but it's because the person finally gives up, and isn't that so true in our lives? We, we get so caught up in trying to save ourselves, all the efforts, all the work, you know, just trying to scramble and scrape, and I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get this under control. Maybe there's been a past mistake in your life, and you thought, well, I'm just going to fix that by... Something else, you know, and something else, and something else, and it just kind of like, and it just, just just continues to just cause brokenness, despair. It's not working, right? All of our efforts, and I wonder if God is. I, I know God's there, and I know He's patient with us, and I wonder if He's like, when you're ready, you know, when you're ready, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet you right there, when you're ready. And so sometimes for us, it's like this act of faith to just be like, okay, you know, God. I'm tired of trying to figure it out myself. I I realize that I can't. And so God, would you do it? Would you rescue me? God, rescue me. And this is exactly where David ends this psalm. I love the way he words it, how he expresses this expression to God. And so I want to read the last few verses. And I wanted to read it from the message paraphrase because it's just kind of colorful and different. This is how the message records those last two verses of the Psalms, this Psalm 40. David says, But all who are hunting for you, oh, let them sing and be happy. And let those who know what you're all about tell the world you're great and not quitting. And me, I'm a mess. I'm nothing and have nothing. Make something of me. You can do it. You've got what it takes, but God, don't put it off. I mean, we could pray that prayer, right? We're honest with ourselves, every single one of us. I just feel like, okay, me, I'm a mess, you know? But God, you can make something of me. Only God can. And we can try all of our efforts, and it just won't come through. But God can do it. God has what it takes. And we can say, God, don't put it off. I mean, that can be a prayer that each of us can pray. God, don't put it off. I love the honesty of the Psalms where David is just like, I'm tired of waiting, you know? I'm waiting, I'm waiting. God, please, come on. And, and we can pray that prayer today. Uh, God um, is, is ready to hear us and listen. You know, as we respond together this morning, we often do, it take some time to, to you know, sing a little bit, to pray, and I thought this morning, um, there's, there's a couple of, big things for us. I mean, maybe this morning, as we sing in these last moments, maybe it's a a, a opportunity for you, maybe for the first time ever, to say, okay, Jesus, this grace that you offer, this way of being made right with God, that it comes from you, and maybe I've tried a bunch of other stuff, and I don't ever, it doesn't, I know it's not working. Um, I want to give this a try. Jesus, I'm ready. Would you I'm ready for your grace. You know, I'm ready for what you did for me, and I'm ready to let you rescue me. Maybe, though, you've been following Jesus a long time. Maybe it's have a life of faith behind you. And yet, like like myself, other people that have walked with God for a long time, it seems like almost every day, every new season, there's a new challenge, a new, like, situation where we try and take it on back on ourselves. You know, we're like, yeah, God, you did all that cool stuff before, but... I got this one, you know, like, I'm going to just do this. I forget, you know, that God's right there. I'm trying to, and it's not working. It's failing. And, and here's a moment this morning for each of us to take these situations, these challenges. Maybe it's a relational breakdown or, or a conflict. Maybe it's a school thing or, or at work. Um, maybe it's like a, a money deal or, or um, like uh, even your health. And, and you've, you've said, well, oh, this is, I got this. This is my thing. But no, that's not true. God is here to rescue, really rescue in all the ways. And he wants to pull you out. He wants to restore you from this situation, put your feet on the ground, help you walk along, give you a new song to sing, this rightness with God. He wants to strengthen that rightness with God, and he wants to to, to rescue you, that you would be able to share uh, what he's done for you. And so this morning, what if we took those situations and we, we said, God, would you rescue me. I'm tired of figuring this out, God. Maybe it's even just happened new, and you get an amazing opportunity to say, hey, I'm going to skip that whole me doing all the stuff, and I'm just going to go right to you, God. Why don't? Right, here it is. God, here I am. Rescue me. You can do it. You can do it. Don't put it off. I'm calling on you, and so I'm going to have the band come up, if you would, and we want to spend some time praying, just like David did, and say, God, I want to, I want to, I want your rescue in my life. You know, I'm excited about the band uh, this morning and, and uh, honored to have our friend Gary Woods too joining the band. Gary's our videographer and um, good friend of Branches through the years. Um, excited to have Bill on the bass too this morning because this song features a, a bass line that is very distinct, very unique. Um, in fact, this song was written by a band uh in about 1982 1983 way back in the day and um it was 40 years ago actually 40 years ago so they're 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 finishing their album they've got like um one hour left in the studio because they're paying for overnight rates so they can save money and so they're recording all night long and they've got one hour left and they're like, we need one more song. It just doesn't feel like it's done. The album's not done, and another band is waiting to come in. They're knocking on the door. Come on, get out of there, guys. And so they're like, all right. So the one guy gets the bass guitar, and he's like, what about this one, member? I've been working on this. The other guy gets the guitar, and he's like, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. And then the singer, well, he just has the Bible open at the moment, and he has the Bible open to Psalm 40. And, and so he's looking at Psalm 40, and he just starts pulling out words out of Psalm 40. And like, all right, let's do this. And they make a song and it's called 40 and the band is U2. Yeah. And they tour the world for 40 years with this song, singing it in thousands of places all around the world, a new song to sing, a new story to tell. That's where this song comes out of it. And I thought for us, wouldn't it be cool if at Branches right here, 40 years on, from this moment, we get a chance to sing that song together too. So the band's got it, they're working it up. Um, And uh, and what a cool picture that we as a church here at Branches, that we could be a, a community that has a story to tell. We could be a community that has a new song to sing and that many would see it, you know, many would hear and get to know this grace of God because of the story of our lives of being rescued by God and telling people about it. So let's let's do it. Are you guys down for this? All right. Let's stand together if you would. And here we go, band. How does this go? Teach it to us. We'll right. go for it. I've waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the pit. That of the miry clay I will see.